1: Hey, everybody, Wendy Sellers here, the HR lady. Welcome back to episode four or five in our series on best practices in employment law. We were talking about at the end of our uh, session three, episode three, we were talking about a little bit about employees who don't think they really have to do their job, whether that's in person or remote, and that remote workers tend to get away with it a little bit more, or do they? And that brings me to a question for you, Hillary. Uh, Hillary Johns here, our expert attorney in multiple states. Does mediation work and is mediation like coaching, or is that a completely different legal term?
0: Well, me, it's a different me- legal term. Uh, mediation is part of the ADR, Alternative Dispute Resolution, process. It can st- it can happen either before a lawsuit's filed or after. Usually, in, like, for example, in the state of California, they usually require you go to at least two hours of ADR and try to resolve your differences before you litigate. We generally put in a lot of our agreements that there's a dispute that parties are required to go to mediation if they can, or the, the employer usually has to pay. I'm going to be clear to you because they, you know, they've had these situations where you've heard these huge companies with billions and billions of dollars will have, will say, well, let's go to, let's go to, let's go to mediation. Let's go to arbitration. And someone is making a good salary going, look, I can't compete with that. I can't out litigate, you know, uh, Fortune 500 company that's publicly traded and making all this money. So usually the employer pays for it. Mediations have limited confidentiality. They are there with either a retired judge or a trained lawyer to work out your differences. The nice thing, and it used to be they put everybody in person. I never really was a fan of that. I like the way they do it on Zoom. They Zoom in, you have breakout rooms, you're there with your client. If the mediator shuttles back and forth, it's kept relatively confidential. It's in a less stressful environment. They discuss the pros and cons of your case. Look, you've got some weaknesses here. I don't, you know, the the mediator's job is to settle it, but it's a way to settle it. It it can be very satisfactory and very satisfying to a lot of people. You know, A good settlement is usually, everybody thinks I paid too much or I could have gotten more, but I didn't, you know, I could have won, but but a good settlement, you know, both parties are a little like, eh, I don't want to do it, but you know, this is better than trial. The reality is they are so backed up since the pandemic and courts were backed up anyways. But I have cases that are dragging more than four or five years in civil court. And, you know, I have to tell clients now, you know, it could be a couple of years at least before you get to trial. I, mean, I really do. And it when you're looking at that and how much time that is, that is a very strong motivator to settle. You know, oh, I thought this would be over in a few months. I just file or, a year. Maybe. No, it could be three or four it's a different matter and it affects your other life um yeah you know, for companies it, it's not always a good look for them yeah we're in yeah. litigation because we've got a claim uh it could affect financing it could affect insurance claims you know if you have insurance you do have to tell your carrier you know it, it's not it's not like you know i sorry i, I rear-ended your car can we not tell our insurance company? <laughs> you know you, 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 you need to tell them and it it, 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 it can be a very a lot of cases are resolved for mediation. When it's over, you know, we usually bring an agreement with us. We send it to opposing counsel and say, look, will you agree, this is what we'll sign. We get them to sign there. If you get an agreement in mediation and you don't have something in writing, they leave. They can change their mind that night. I changed my mind. I don't want to do it. So yeah. we try to get them to sign there. We send a draft to opposing counsel. Say, Are you agreeable to this? That way, you have a signed agreement. And you know, the relief of something being over and a big conflict and a big stressful thing because it's stressful for both parties, really. You know, it, it really is. And you know, they have done these things where you know a lot of a lot of people sue. Um, I, I I don't. I'm sure some attorneys do. We obviously don't, and I don't think most attorneys do. They just sue saying well they've probably got insurance they'll just settle you know that's not an advisable practice but it does happen and employers fall prey to that. where so, they're going to get served with something there may not even be at fault but they know it's achieving their hope you know the plaintiff's attorney thing right. that it's cheaper to settle through an insurance yep. or payout than what you're going to be paying your lawyer and, yeah you know, we get call out, we get requests all the time we, we can never guarantee what something's going to cost but they want a budget or they want yeah look you know, it depends and you know most lawyers won't they can say look if, if it goes this way it may be but it could be more it could be less because you don't always know
1: but it's so like that, it's it's like saying hillary well, I don't know. Um, I can give you a an estimate if you swear to me you're telling me the truth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the, more, the more information I find that you oh forgot to tell me, then guess what? My cost just went up. Hey, I do have a question. You you kind of mentioned this a little bit—the mediation or arbitration that it needs to be signed and agreed upon. Does if you intend on using mediation and arbitration regularly, does it need to be listed in an employment handbook?
0: Uh, I, I'm careful about employment handbooks because I would put it in your employment agreement. And there are Mm. excluded, like California, for example, has the Silence No More Act, you know, where they, they try to get people to go under, you know, they try to get people to sign NDAs about sexual harassment, sexual assault. There's a law about that now. There's President Biden's. I am very careful about employee handbook. We have, we encourage what are called policies because instead, because an employment handbook is a contract. And if you are out of date, that's going to be an exhibited trial scene. They're not keeping pace with the law. They don't know what it is. They're negligent. If you have a policy that's open, you know, we encourage this and you know, they're, right. they're, these are things we don't allow. Uh, we have ones that we prepare for companies routinely that are uh sexual harassment and discrimination and you know that if, you have know, persons with disabilities you know, gender or race anything like that that this is our policy this is who you can contact more than one person if you're not comfortable with that these are your options you know with with these sites you know to the local to the state complaint if you don't feel comfortable talking to this is where you can file a complaint so we we do encourage we do encourage in the employment agreements to say look if there's a dispute we request that you go to mediation. Often the employer has to make a, a business decision. We will pay for that. Uh, you know, depending on where you are in that situation, some arbitration is not legal to do anymore. You can't compel arbitration. And, you know, in California, there's cases that have gone up to the Supreme Court about whether you can, you can require arbitration or all claims have to be arbitrated. Typically, that's happening with the Paga claim. You know, they had that Viking cruises matter that just came out. So I was in court a few last month, I think, a month last couple months, and the judge was reading the opinion from the Supreme Court. Okay, well, based on this case, the Viking Union you know, says we can only do this. So they are following, and right. courts are following because they have to. And a lot of times they don't know what the law is going to be. You know, you have to send out an update. But uh, I, I would recommend that you have policies as to that. And if there's arbitration or mediation that you're going to require, uh, I would put it in their agreement, whatever they're signing. I would have them sign a separate employment agreement. But and I, I'm not saying an employee handbook is not a good idea, but we usually call it a resource book, or we have company policies and things like right. that. Because if you don't have it, it is a contract, mm-hmm. and if it's out of date or you have an illegal provision, you know, then everything's
1: start- gone. Or it, it, it's it's more. More, uh, more material for the opposing lawyer. So, well, thank you so much for that advice. That is amazing. Uh, thanks everybody for listening to episode four or five of our, of our five point part series on best employment best practices in employment law, to avoid having to go to trial, to avoid having to end up in the newspaper and everything else, I want to cover a few more things that we have already talked about, but we kind of glossed over. Um, and in episode five, I want to talk about the fact that you volunteer and you are a pro bono attorney. So everyone, we will be right back.
0: Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.